if you weren't with us last week, welcome back. It's good to see you. Um, Happy New Year and Christmas and all that stuff. It's all, it's all gone now. You can all rejoice. It's over. And, um, <laughs> and uh, my tree's certainly back in the loft. <laughs> um, well... It's interesting, isn't it? So, so, so I, I hope you guys did have a good Christmas. I really do. And, and, and it's funny, isn't it? Because Christmas is one of those times of the year that we actually love to spend with family or friends, right? And, uh, and as human beings, I think we love relationship, okay? I think we love relationship. And I think it shows in our, in our advances in technology. So if you look at our advances in technology lately, we've got a new smartphone out every month or so, right? Uh, we've got, uh, you know, people text, people call quite frequently. If you don't call or text and you're using apps and programs like Facebook and uh, Snapchat and Instagram and WhatsApp and Twitter and all that stuff, right, which take your attention away, well, yeah, away from our work and our home and from life in general. And um, other advances in technology is stuff like video conferences, right, so, uh, which allow us, or, or video calls, which allow us to be with someone or a bunch of people who may be thousands of miles apart. I mean, even if you look at gaming these days, you know, gone are the days really of sitting on a couch playing uh, Mario Kart or whatever with, with your mate. It's, it's all online, right? Um, you know, the, the, the online gaming is, uh, experience is, is, is really big. You know, you connect and talk with hundreds of people while playing your favorite game with them. And, and sometimes there's like loads of other people across the world watching as well, okay? And I think we as a people... Even, even our technology shows that we as a people absolutely love communication and we love community, okay? And I, God designed us to be this way, okay? God designed us to be this way. So my question is, is it any wonder that the God who designed the universe and us as community creatures loves community and relationship himself, Okay, and so that's what we're going to talk about. I mean, if you saw my previous image, I w- want to talk about scripture today with you guys. Okay, I want to talk about scripture, and, and I'll, I'll say up front this this, this sermon. There's, there's there's a bit of sermon to it, but I'm, I'm mainly going to be talking about some some, some points uh, um, like more workshoppy. I, 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 I want to like bring you through some stuff that I've learned like you know, like over and over in my life or, or, or just seek the answer to or asked people, but I've never really heard it talked about that much. So I, I want to I help you guys. So, so let's, let's talk about relationship. Let's go back to the idea of community, okay? <coughs> so relationship, okay? Now communication, we know, is actually important, okay? It's so important businesses use communication in order to get their sales up, right? So communication is important. And, and we know, like, if, if someone is our friend... It's important to maintain communication in order for that relationship to actually survive, right? I mean, if you don't talk to your friend for years, and there are some friends you haven't, you know, you leave school, don't talk to your friends for years, and, 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 and they say, oh, you're right, mate. It's like, I don't really know you anymore, to be fair, you know. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like that. So if, if it's important to maintain communication, survive and grow. And here's the thing. We often talk about having a relationship with God, a relationship, Right? So if, if that's the case, if we have a relationship with God, right, then like a friend, we need to nurture that relationship if we are willing to call that a relationship. All right? We need to nurture it. Well, how? By having regular communication with him. 
Okay? Now, like I said, last week we spent the, the, the morning in prayer, and actually some of the evenings this week um, we, we've spent in prayer too, and they've been absolutely brilliant. They've been absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, it's been really good. It's been really good um, just uh, being united to people in that, actually. It brings like, a sense of oneness as well as you know, just seeing God in our prayers, which is great. And, and, and prayer is great, okay? Prayer is the way we talk to God. Okay, it's the way we talk to God. And, it, you know, we get to ask for his help, uh, we get to thank him for a nice day, or, or, we, or we just simply get to tell him we love him. Right? It's, our, it's our talking to God. Okay? However, a one-way conversation, as you know, is not a good relationship builder. Right? Uh, you can talk to a brick, but you can't have a relationship with a brick. Okay? It just doesn't work. I've tried. It doesn't work. Okay? So, and, uh, you know, but God can and does talk back to us. Yeah? And he does this mainly through the Bible. Now, as Christians, some of you have heard these things before. You know, we know these things. All right, you know, the, the Bible is, is uh, the Bible reading is God speaking to us. Prayer is speaking to God. You know, we, we get that. But, but the trouble is so many pe- people fail at these two very basic things in Christianity. All right? And, and the other problem is we, we view them as two separate things. Okay? They're not really two separate things. They're one thing. They're having a conversation with God. Okay? As we read, we should be naturally talking back and praying. And, and, and as we pray, we should naturally bring to mind what God has already spoken to us, what we have already read, or what we're already reading. And, and it becomes this, this communication. That's how it should be. You know, you read, you pray, about it, you read on, you pray, you know, or you're walking down the street, you're praying, and something comes to your mind, you're like, oh yeah, you're praying. You know, it's, 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 it's talking with God. And here's the thing, church, we, we need to be healthy in our communication with God before anything else in our Christian in our Christianness, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Okay? We, 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 we need to, because if, if we're not in good communication with God, the relationship with us and him is just going to fizzle. It's just going to fizzle, okay? It needs, it deserves communication. So we need to learn to... Where is it? Listen. Okay? We need to learn to listen and not just talk. Some of us are good at talking. Some of us are good at praying. Some of us are really rubbish at praying. But, but some of us are good at praying, but not listening. Okay? And, uh, and, and here's the thing. If, if someone's talking and you phase out into your own little world, I've experienced this many times, and, the, and you only catch part of what they're saying, you know, you got, some of you know me and know what I'm like, right? So if, if, if you do that, if you phase out and you only catch a part of something someone's saying, you're most likely going to misunderstand them. You're most likely going to misunderstand. So we need to continually learn how to approach the Bible, understand it, hear it, and love it better. Okay, because if we and, and we need to do that quite regularly, just learn to get you know learn to listen, learn to listen. Cause we get distracted, okay? Because if we don't listen properly or don't fully understand what the Bible's saying, we're actually effectively mishearing God Himself. Okay, the primary way God ever speaks to man is through His Word, the Bible. Okay, it, you, it was you spoke to the prophets long ago; they wrote it down. It's very rare you're going to hear anything physical these days. It's through his word that you're going to hear him. Okay? So it's really important. Here's the great thing. God wants to start a conversation with us. You know, you don't have to be the awkward person at a party who looks over and thinks, oh, I don't know if I should talk to him or not. He's come to you, and he's, he's started talking to you. Okay? So God wants to start a conversation with us. So let us learn to listen and respond correctly, 
And that's what we're going to talk about today, so we can enjoy those conversations more, to actually enjoy them and, and, and see our relationship with our God grow and our lives change from the inside out as a result. Okay? So I'm going to start with some really just basics. Okay? I'm going to have a drink first. There we go. Cool. So, what is the Bible? What is it? Okay? So this is going to be some really basic stuff, okay? So, um, the Bible is not one book, but it's a collection of 66 different books. I, don't know, I know it looks like the periodic table, but they're actually all the books of the Bible, okay? Um, there are 66 different books, okay? It is broken down into two main sections. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament, okay? And, uh, and it's written by many different people. Okay, and because it's written by many different people, uh, they have, there are many different styles and types of writing in the Bible. There's some historical, some stories, some poetry, some letters, family trees, which people often skip over, and, and all this other stuff. Okay? And here's the thing. The most important thing to know about it right, is that even though it was written by many different people, it only has one author. It only has one author, and that's God. Okay? It's his word. When we say God's word, we mean he wrote it. Okay? Um, one scripture says all scripture is breathed out by God. Not by man, by God. He wrote it. Okay? And he talked with human authors who used their different skills and abilities to write what he wanted them to write. That's how it works. Okay? So, collection of books. Okay? But with one, yeah, with one author. So, so, it's a collection. What else is the Bible? It's reliable. Okay, I don't know if you can see that. It's reliable. Since God wrote it, and God is true and truth, okay, we can trust that the Bible contains nothing but truth. Yeah? Okay, so what it says he has done, he has done. And what he says he will do, he will do. Okay? Now, a lot of people, even Christians, are skeptical of whether we can actually trust the Bible or not. Okay? It's, it happens. All right? and, and the short answer is, we can Okay, uh, I'm not going to go into loads of detail at all, but it is, it's actually the most reliable book out of any in the history of man. Okay? Sciences like textual criticism and archaeology all prove that what we have today is both historically accurate and precisely what the original author wrote. Okay? Low translated into English for our sake, right? Um, I'd like to see you guys crack open a Greek and Hebrew Bible. That would be interesting. Right. So it is a collection, it's reliable, it's a story. It's a story. All 66 books are telling one unified story. Okay? It is all related to each other. Okay? Uh, TV drama, right? TV drama has multiple episodes, multiple seasons, multiple characters, lots of plots and cliffhangers and all that, especially if it's a really good one. And, but it tells one story, usually, right? The Bible is the same. Um, someone called Gavin Ortland says, the Bible should be read more like a novel than a newspaper or a fortune cookie or a collection of fables. Okay? See, it's one story, and, and the story is about what God has done and is doing in this world. And like all good TV dramas, the Bible has a main character, the hero of the whole tale. And that person is Jesus. All right? Every single part, every single part points to him, 
Okay? The Old Testament talks about his coming in the future, and the New Testament often looks back on what he has done. Okay? I like what Tim Chalice says. Tim Chalice says, Jesus is on every page of the Bible. And it's true. That is so true. Okay, so that's what the Bible is. Okay? It's a collection, it's reliable, and it's a story about Jesus. Okay? So, another question we can ask is, what does it do? Right? It's a bit odd to ask. But what does it do? Now, funnily enough, in Scripture, in, in the Bible itself, it's often described as food. Right? Okay. So we, we, we know what food is. We're familiar with that, right? You know, we, we, we eat every day. We usually have, hopefully, good meals to sustain our bodies. And, and, and in the same way, we need the Bible every day. You know, and not just a snack here and there, but a good meal. You know, to sustain our spirits. Okay? Now, according to Psalm 19, the, the Bible, when part of a regular diet, okay, does six things. Does six things. Okay? I'm sure there's more, but this is Psalm 19. Okay, oh, you're not going to be able to see that. Oh, well, I'll do my best anyway. Okay, first off, it makes us alive. Okay, it gives us life and salvation. Okay, people have come to faith through just the Bible alone. There are countless stories. You can even find some on YouTube and stuff like that. Okay, it gives us life. It gives us salvation. That's where we get the gospel. Okay, it makes us wise. Okay, and that means it, it, it enables us to make good and right choices and to handle things well in life. Okay, it... It gives us joy, okay? It gives us joy and peace if we are committed to it, okay? It helps us to see, or it gives us clarity, okay? It it helps us to see, it it gets our mind back in focus and enables us to see what is true and what is false. It enables us to discern complicated situations, and it helps us to see God when everything else looks bleak and miserable, okay? Fifth thing it does is it makes us clean, all right? Or it helps us to be pure. Okay? It changes the way we think. It changes what we desire. You know? a, a lot of people um, try to reform the outside of people. You know, they say, oh, do this and do that. And, oh, no, don't listen to that. Don't watch that. Don't do that. And, and it doesn't give them a chance. And all you're doing is just throwing law after law after law on them. And they just get so pressed down. They just can't manage your Christian life anymore. Here's the thing. God doesn't do that. If you read the Bible, it changes you from the inside. And you don't have to tell them those things because they start to see them. Oh, I shouldn't listen to that anymore. And they start to approach you. Should I listen to that? What do you think? No, I don't think I should. Brilliant. You know, it changes us from the inside out. And it helps us to sin less. That's what the Bible does for us. And lastly, it makes us righteous. Okay? I know Jesus makes us righteous, but it helps us to be more righteous while we're in him. It enables us to live a pleasing life to God and, and, and shows us what we need to do, you know, in order to obey him, you know. So, that's what the Bible does. So how do we use it? There are three, three different things we can and should do with our Bibles, okay? First thing we should do is read it. That kind of helps. All right? It's the first thing we do. Okay? Notice I say it's the first thing you do. Okay? The second thing is study it. Okay? We do this after reading it, okay? usually. Okay? And we usually do it like a few verses max or whatever you want to do. But we, we read it, then we study it. Okay? We memorize it. This is really good. Okay? To internalize God's scripture means that we can remember what God says so that when we don't have a Bible to hand, we can chat with him. 
Right? Well, we can chat with him anyway, but it enables us to live a life. There's, 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 there's psalms that say it keeps us from sin even more. You know, if, 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 if you've just got the Bible, if it's internalized, you can go around, you already know what it says, okay? and, you can, and you can live life a lot better. So memorizing is really key. Okay? But in order to do any of these, read, study, memorize, uh, it's going to require some planning. right? Okay? Um, anyone going abroad this year? All right. Fair enough, fair enough, okay. Uh, how many of you guys know you have to kind of plan out where you're actually going in the first place, right? And uh, you need to plan out where you're going. Some people like to plan out exactly what they're doing when they're there as well. Uh, some people just kick back and say, yeah, whatever, we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, you, you want to plan wh- where you're going, what you'll do, and even how long you'll go for, right? Um, and, and that's what we need to kind of do with the Bible as well. So I'm going to give you some, some planning tips, Okay, because these are really helpful. Because if we're going to encounter God's word, we want to, we want to, we want to get it and keep going, right? Um, so, first thing, reading plan. Okay, who's got a reading plan? Nice. All right. Cool. Brilliant. I know. I know a few of you have actually picked up some of the church's reading plans. Okay. Um, you know, which is, which is really good. But to be fair, you don't have to start the church's one. Any sort of plan will do. Okay. Uh, I, I usually advocate ones that go through the whole Bible because you get the whole picture rather than just a few verses or something, okay? But here's the thing. Yeah, I, like, if you take a trip across the whole of Egypt, right, you're going to know more than someone who just spent a weekend in Sharm el-Sheikh, right? So, so that's why I kind of like the whole Bible plan, right? But, um, but Bible plans are really helpful if, if you don't already have one, okay? They're, they're helpful because they help you know what to read when you sit down, which can, which can be a nightmare if you don't have one sometimes. You can just sit there and be like, oh, I don't really know what to read today. And then some, you know, before you know it, like half hours elapsed and you're still kind of flicking through. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess here. You know. so, so Bible plans are really good for helping. And, um, and my advice is if you're going to choose one, which I do advise, choose one you can keep up with. Okay? Choose one you can keep up with. Okay? Um, if, if, if you're on the church one and that's too much for you, then pick another one or break it in half so it takes two years instead of one year. Okay? Uh, remember, it's, when you were doing Bible reading, it's not the amount you read that is important, it's the quality of how well you're reading it. Okay? So, I, I, yeah, that's what I advise. So, next, pick a time. Okay? We don't think about this much, but if you, if you realize most of our lives, we, we time things, or we, we, we put things into diaries, and we try and plan what we're doing, and we, we fit things around work and family and stuff. Well, the Bible needs some solid time in your diary, you know? And let's be honest, if you don't do that, it might not get done. Um, I've experienced that plenty of times. So the good thing is pick a time, like a morning, a noon, or night, you know, and stick with it. It's always best to choose a time you're not only free, but that you're awake and alert to take that in. Okay? And the third thing you can do is pick a place. Okay? That would be nice, just lying in a hammock. Um, we can read anywhere, okay? but sometimes certain places are just completely distracting, especially if you live in my house. Okay? So, so it's always good you pick a place like a, your room or an office or a park bench or a coffee shop or a, a nice hammock, you know. Uh, but making sure it's a place that you're comfortable and that you're away from the kids and can concentrate, you know. It's, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for just being comfortable and you can concentrate on God's word, okay. So there are three ways of, like, using it and, and, and just engaging with it and being, staying engaged. So 
Some other tips. Get a Bible. This helps. If you actually want to read the Bible, it helps actually having one in the first place. Now, I say this because sometimes people have questions about, like, well, what do I read? What one do I read? What one's best? What, you know, what one's accurate? What one's trustworthy? What's this? What's that? So I'll quickly talk about that. So, different translations. Okay? Many people, some of you have probably already read many different translations. Some of you might have one or two translations. I don't know. Right? But... Um, but some of you might be like, well, I don't know what's best. And I've, I've, I've had people come up to me before and say, well, well you know, is this actually trustworthy because it says this and this. Anyway, okay, so what translation is best? Okay, this depends on what you're after, really, okay, when it comes to translations. Translations are usually, well, no, I'll tell you what. There are two types of translations, two types of main translations, okay? First type, a word for word, okay? Now, what that means is what's written in the Greek and the Hebrew, which is the original languages, is what is written in English. Okay? Uh, these Bibles are probably the most accurate Bibles around, okay? though they're a bit clunky to read sometimes and a bit difficult to understand at points because of it's exact and you've got to like, try and think of what does that mean and stuff like that. Okay, but, but they're really good Bibles. And noteworthy Bibles that do that are uh, New American Standard and the uh, English Standard or the ESV. Okay? Other translations do what we call a thought-for-thought. Instead of being word-perfect, like copying the exact Hebrew and Greek, they kind of take what the author originally meant and they bring that out, you know, so it's clear to the reader, okay? Uh, These Bibles are usually the easiest to read and understand. Uh, The only drawback of those Bibles is the translators have to actually decide what the actual meaning uh, is. And often Hebrew and Greek convey multiple meanings, so translators can miss a lot of the hidden meanings when just bringing one out or sometimes emphasize ones that, you know, like, not wrong, but just like maybe the other one should have been more emphasized or whatever. But, but, um, but it's, yeah, yeah. They're good Bibles as well. And trustworthy Bibles that do that are stuff like NIV, NLT, uh, which I, I've often used. Um, some translations, like the, the Holman's Christian Standard, do, do both things. They, they give the literal translation, for the most part, and when it can be made clearer, they give this thought-for-thought thought sort of idea, but with the original underneath, so you can inspect it for yourself. Uh, on top of this, you have like pure paraphrases of the Bible, like the message and word on the street and other stuff like that. Now, these Bibles can be really fun to read, um, but I would say they're not really to be trusted for any serious study or understanding of the Bible. I would advise usually stuff like the message and that to be spare time reading and not your main Bible of choice. Um, but if you, if you merely want to read the Bible, uh, the best thing to do is choose one you enjoy, um, though I still advise against paraphrases, and, 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 and just one you can enjoy and understand easily. NIV and NLT are perfectly good just for reading through. Good news is brilliant. Uh, my favorite is the Holmans at the moment, HCSB. But uh, if, you, if you just want to study through, though, if you actually want to study it, I recommend something that's more accurate, like ESV or NASB, which David uses. Um, and actually, if you're studying, I, re- I recommend just having loads of different types of Bibles and, you know, and just comparing them, because that's usually the best way to study and understand what's going on, if that's what you're doing. Okay, but in both cases, try a few different ones, see what you prefer. That's the best way. Uh, some people read one translation a year, others read, and, and then a different one the next year to get a different flavor. But just pick one or three or four or ten and enjoy them all. Um, so that's that. <laughs> I told you it's very practical today. So apps, apps versus books. Um, well, 
as I said before, with advances in technology, more and more people prefer having it like, on your phone. Uh, you know, or, or on a Kindle or something, to actually having a physical Bible. Um, and that's totally fine. You know, there's nothing bad about that. You know. um, so, I'm going to recommend three really good apps for those who don't have an app yet. Okay, first one, Uversion. Uh, I think a lot of you already use this. Who uses Uversion? Yeah, I thought so. A lot of you already use Version. Okay. Uh, it's a great little app, right? It's a great little app. It allows you to read any translation you want for free from the last time I checked. And um, the benefits of it is it has a community, as the guys who use it know. You know, you can add to your friends on your phone and talk about what you're studying and see what people are writing. They can see what you're writing and reading and see your plans and all that. It has loads of different plans and stuff that you can go through and just help you to read every day as well. So, so they're already inbuilt. Um, so it's, it's a great little app. It's a great little app. Other one, Olive Tree. This is my favorite app, personally. Uh, anyone else use it? Probably not. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I thought you were more of a, I thought you were more of a Logos guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so th this is my favorite app. It comes with ESV built in and NIV. Um, you have to per the problem with this, you have to purchase other translations. But they usually do deals and freebies and stuff, which is quite nice. Uh, which is how I've actually accumulated my libraries. Like, oh, it's free today? Got it. You know, um, the, best <laughs> the best thing about this app is it's just great for study. If you want to study, this is better than version. version is better just for reading and general communication. This is better for study. Okay? Uh, everything links to it. You can just tap words and stuff. It tells you everything they mean and stuff like that. It has maps and commentaries and word studies and pictures and histories and blah, blah, blah. You name it, it has it. And it even has books by John Piper, Charles Spurgeon, Tim Chalice, or whatever, Max Licardo, whatever you're reading, it has it on there as well. And uh, so if you want to study or just read, that's, it's a great app, Olive Tree. And the third app, Superbook. Okay? This is actually uh, uh, an app for youth and, 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 and that, but uh, it's actually really good. Um, the only reason I got it because it had a free NLT on it. And I thought, yes, and you don't usually get a free NLT, so it's just like I had to download it. But... Um, but on top of that, it's got great videos. It gives you facts built in and all this stuff and pictures and blah, blah, blah. And, and it, but it's, it's really good because it really makes the Bible just easier to read and actually fun and interesting uh, for those of you who are youth. Um, so if you're a youth or you have teenage kids, get this. Um, it's good. Or if you're a big kid yourself, get it. It's actually quite helpful. Um, yeah, it's good. So they're my three apps of choice. Now, understanding the Bible, and this is a thing, isn't it? Who's ever got bogged down on just like, what on earth does this even mean? Like, on certain places, not the whole Bible, but like, must be certain places, right? Yeah, see, I'm raising my hand, it's okay, it's safe. It's crazy. There's so much we don't understand about the Bible. It's, 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 it's such a great book, because the funny thing is, the Bible, sometimes it's really clear-cut. Okay, sometimes it's just like even kids can understand it, right? And grasp some of the more important messages. However, there are also many places in the Bible that are just difficult to understand. You know, even some of the smartest theologians uh, are still in debate about some of the meanings of certain parts. You know, even in Paul's day, they had debates of various parts of Scripture, which you can see in Acts 15. Um, so it's, yeah, and uh, I think... The thing I come back to is the disciples, okay? The disciples are a brilliant example of how we should be, okay? The disciples, most times, they, they, 
if you read through the Gospels, you can see they keep asking questions and they don't really get what Jesus says. And it says, oh, they didn't really get it and they didn't understand it yet. And, you know, and, uh, you know so, so, so a lot of times they didn't understand Jesus or what he was saying or what things were saying in the Bible or what they were expecting to happen. Um, but here's the thing. When, when, when the crowds walked away in confusion at what Jesus said, the disciples moved in more and went to him and asked him what it meant. Right? They, they, they dug in deeper. Okay? And they stuck around. They didn't go off thinking, I don't get this, like some of the crowds did. Right? They, they stuck in and, and they waited until they got it. Okay? And they did get it. Sometimes that took a while. You know? But they got it. We're not meant to quit when the Bible gets confusing right? or hard. Okay? But instead, like the disciples, we're meant to dig deeper. Okay? Not all of us are born theologians. Who's a born theologian? Good. I'm still not sure if I am. Right? But, okay, but, but all of us should seek to understand God's words better. Okay? All of us should do that. Okay? It's like not everyone's an evangelist, but everyone should evangelize to an extent. In the same way, not everyone's a theologian, but we should all be studying God's words to some extent. Okay? Even if it's just a bit. Okay? Here's the thing. We know God, the Bible is God's word. Right? It's God's word to us and it is our source of life. It's our source of hope and growth and our knowledge of him and, and just, you know, uh, like I said, communication, understanding him and having a good time with him. It's all there, okay? And it gives us wisdom to live well. So if, if, if all of that's true, we should really seek to understand what's being said, you know, if, especially in the times we don't get it, you know? So how do we understand some of the crazy parts of this book that's, you know, just a bit weird? Well, so I'm, I'm, I'll go through some points with you, okay, just to help you. So if you're having trouble understanding the Bible and stuff, these should really, really help you. First thing you should do is pray. <laughs> it's just a no-brainer, really. Here's the thing. God wrote it, so who better is going to understand it, in all fairness, right? That's just the way it is, all right? The Bible says, uh, I, couldn't, I forgot to find the scriptures, but the Bible says that Jesus taught his disciples before he went up. He taught them, Tori taught them, all the scriptures had to say about Jesus. So if you want to see Jesus in scripture, you can say, Jesus, show me in scripture. You know, uh, He taught all his disciples. The Holy Spirit teaches what the scripture, scriptures say and mean to various people in the Bible. Um, so the very first thing you should do is ask him. Ask him to teach you what things mean, you know. Um, and, and, and just start it off even if, you, even if you, it's all clear cut make sure you pray beforehand anyway it's so important you know, because it's the Holy Spirit who speaks to us through the word right? it's the Holy Spirit who talks to us we need to engage with God it's a, it's a conversation so we engage with him first okay? it's always good to do so for those who actually like a pattern prayer you know, before doing stuff uh, I, there's a good one I learned from John Piper a few years ago and I'll, I'll put that up Okay. The first part is incline my heart, which means get me in the right mood for this, please, God, before I read. Get me in the right mood, because sometimes we're not. Um, open my eyes, which is help me actually understand and hear and apply what you're saying here and see Jesus in it. Okay. Unite my heart, uh, which is help me to focus and not get distracted. And satisfy my heart, which is just please let me enjoy this. And, and find peace in it and happiness and excitement in it, you know? So that's IOUs, IOUs. Incline my heart, open my eyes, unite my heart, satisfy my heart, okay? It's always good to pray before we read. Otherwise, understanding the culture and context, 
Now, the Bible is set in a really weird ancient culture that we're just not used to, okay? It's just nothing like where, where we live and what we're like, okay? And it's not fair and it's not right to take it and try and make it fit in our modern culture. It's not right to do that, okay? See, they have different practices, uh, strange languages, funny sayings that even may seem rude to us uh, at times, and, and all this other stuff. But, but, it, but it, it's fit in the context of their culture. And the best thing to do is go into their culture, discover what on earth's going on, and then apply it to our culture. Not, not take it and just stamp it down. Okay? So here's the thing. We need to take a trip, like we do to foreign countries. We need to take a trip in time. That sounds cool. And uh, find out... Um, how people in various parts of the Bible lived, right? What they thought, what they believed at the time, how things worked and operated there, in order for for us to better understand stuff that that we're not really sure what it means, okay? And we can do this by using a ton of different tools that God himself has supplied us with, which is absolutely brilliant, uh, just to help us out. And thanks to technology, many of these things are actually completely free now. Uh, If you've got my notes, I've I've put a website called uh, biblehub.com. And that just has everything you need. Everything is attached to that website. It's brilliant. Okay? So I'm going to go a few, through, a, through a few of those now. <laughs> right. Maps. Okay? The Bible contains a ton of geography. Lots of it. Okay? Uh, if I told you I walked from here to the town, um, most of you will understand how long that took, right? Most of you would kind of understand the distance like from here walking to the town centre, right? Now... And some of you might even think of some of the routes I could take, right? Oh, you could go that way or that way, right? Now, imagine, now, if I told you I walked from Bethel to Bethlehem, how many of you actually have a clue on what I'm, how far that is or where that is or how many different routes I can take? You wouldn't, because we're not familiar with that place. That's where a good map comes in handy. Uh, you can find these usually in the backs of your Bible. People have study Bibles, maps in and stuff like that. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, they're in the backs of your Bible. Uh, I'm not sure how many actually look at them. I, I usually do. I, I find they're really great, and they're actually really helpful uh, for bringing the story of the Bible to life sometimes and actually getting what's going on, you know. It's good to immerse yourself. Like I said, it's, good to, it's a story. It's good to immerse yourself in the story. It's not a newspaper. It's a story, and it's a true story. Okay, so it's good to immerse yourself. Um, pictures. Okay, like geography, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's lots of measurements and patterns in the Bible and how tall this is and how wide that is and how these people camped out and how many people are here and this genealogy and that. And there's, there's loads of different things. Okay, and, and for the most part, people skip this information because after the third chapter of how the temple's being built, it kind of gets like, well, I don't really know what any of this is really anyway. And, you know, so, I, you know, I'll just skip ahead, all right? Um, it, it just gets boring for people. And to be fair, studies show that people are more driven by images than words, which makes sense. Um, now, and when I get something that's flat-packed, delivered to my house, right, I'm going to build, I would prefer some good pictures to tell me how I'm going to put this thing together rather than some words and I'm going to, like, I don't know, drill something, and I'm not even supposed to be using a drill. You know, it's, you know I, I'm going to want people, you know, I'm going to want exact instructions, exact pictures, oh, this goes there, this part's part A. You know, that's more helpful than words, okay? 
So finding pictures and videos about stuff like what does the ark look like or what does the temple look like or, or how was that built or how were the Israelites camped out, you know, or, or how was this and how was that, it's really helpful for, again, one, bringing it to life, but two, actually getting what on earth's going on. I mean, if you actually really got a picture, you'd find out that the Israelites camped in the shape of a cross, right? And you wouldn't know that without pictures sometimes. Unless you're really good at measuring and actually reading through and getting your, your tape measure out and going, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, does anyone do that? I'd be impressed if you did, you know, I'm not going to shut you down, fair enough. Right. But, but yeah, this, it, it really helps in maintaining understanding and enjoyment of those passages. Another thing, language, okay? When you go abroad, some of you, not all of you maybe, but some of you might just learn how to say a little bit in that country's language, just a little bit, just enough. Words like, hi. Bye. How much is that? <laughs> you know, uh, where on earth is the bathroom? <laughs> you know, uh, they're, they're actually the most common things to learn <laughs> in, a, in, in, a, in, another, in another language uh, when you go abroad. But um, uh, the Bible is written in ancient Greek and Hebrew. It's not written in English, really. It's just translated in English, okay? It's written in a- ancient Greek and Hebrew. Uh, it's been nicely translated for us, you know, it's, it's very helpful, uh, but sometimes understanding some of these words just helps to get into more of what that really means or what or the understanding of that particular part. Uh, thankfully, uh, to do this, you don't need to sit into a, in a classroom every day for five years, okay, to, to fully learn the language. No one needs to be a, a, a complete Greek or Hebrew speaker to really get a lot out of this. We have Bible dictionaries that are available these days, and they're really brilliant, actually. Uh, vines, strongs, mounts. Uh, all you do is you look up a word, and it tells you what it means, you know, like a dictionary. You know, and you get your dictionary on your shelf, and you're like, what does plate mean? And I don't know why plate, but yeah. So, 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 so it, it tells you what it's mean and how it's used. Um, and this is really important because... Some people get an English Bible to look up a, a word in their Bible, and that's actually not helpful. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Okay? It's because the way gr- the Hebrews and Greeks use their language is different to the way we use certain words. Okay? And so if you use an English Bible to understand a word that's in you, an English dictionary to understand a word that's in your Bible, you may actually get further away from what the author means, not closer. Okay? That's why we use a Greek one. Okay, it's not written in Greek. It's, uh, it's written in English, but it tells us what the Greek word itself means. Okay, and, and that gets us closer to the meaning, if, if you want to do that. Okay? And again, the, these things are online for free. It's completely free if you want to do this. Uh, if, if, if you're going to look online, though, you're looking for the words lexicon or interlinear, and uh, you'll, you'll be your way. History. History and culture. It's an ancient time which means ancient customs and ancient neighbours. When we understand what's actually going on in history at the same time as what we're reading, it actually really helps us to see just how great and different and good God is in that situation. You know, for example, many people assume God is some sort of tyrant in the Old Testament. But actually, if you take him and you look at all the other gods in that time, He is actually the best and most amazing God there is. And everyone else is absolutely horrendous in what people believe. And it's good to understand stuff like that, to see how different God is, how good he is, you know, uh, especially when we don't understand some of the things he does. All right? So it's it's always good to understand what's going on. Archaeology has really improved. 
Uh, and so finding stuff out like what the Tower of Babel was and how people understood what gods were and their relationship with them actually really helps to see some of the humor and tension in the Bible and, again, bring it to life. Okay? So that's about learning about history. Commentaries. Okay? A good commentary pretty much contains everything I've already said. Um, they usually help to really understand the verses better. Uh, they are written by many different people with many different beliefs, though. Uh, it's important to try and find some trustworthy commentaries rather than just any old one. Um, but uh, but uh, on top of that, I'd, I'd actually there's one point I want to make. I, w- I want you to stay away from something I call commentary abuse. Okay. Too many people, and I've done it before, start with <laughs> reading a verse only to dip down straight into the commentary and stay there. And, 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 you, and you find you're not reading the Bible anymore, you're just reading through the commentaries. And um, I just want to make a point, just if, if you do do that, don't do that. Uh, because here's the thing, the commentary is not a replacement for the Bible. Okay? One man's you know, ideas on it does not... Is not, is not a good replacement for it. It's not God's word. God's word is God's word, and a commentary is and it's a commentary. If you're having a conversation with someone and someone else is shouting out what they think they mean after every sentence, it's going to get really annoying and really distracting from what the person's trying to say. Um, so what I, I always advocate read the Bible first. I, I, I usually have two. I have like a study Bible and I have like a normal Bible, and I don't touch my study Bible until I've read my normal Bible because there's, there's no information I can get from it or I can't, I can't sneakily dip into something. Okay, it's always good to read the Bible first, praying first, asking God to teach you, and then afterwards read the commentary if you want to know more. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but the most important thing is spending time listening to God. That, that's what's most important. Um, devotionals. I'm not, I personally don't do devotionals. I, I'll be honest. I'm not a big devotionals guy. And... Um, I'm sure there are many good ones, but there are, there are other ones that I've encountered before uh, that, that do something that um, David calls reading scripture. And, um, and, and that's, that can be really, you know, it's like one verse with an explanation or something. And some, if it's by a really good source, that's great. They'll get the context and all that. If it's from a really bad source, though, uh, it's not only minimal reading, but, and it's, it's, it's dangerous because if you, if you, if you remove, like, even if you're someone who just likes to flip open the Bible and pick a verse out and that's my verse for the day, that's really dangerous to do because every, every verse has a context around it. And it's important to understand that. Because if, otherwise you can take things out and, and certain verses have been just ripped out of the Bible and used to, to, to uh, allow things like homosexuality and, uh, and uh, whatever. I can't really think of much else right now. But, but there's loads of different verses in the Bible that have justified evil things because they just rip it out of the context. I'm not saying devotionals do that, by the way. I'm just saying that it, it can be dangerous just ripping something out. And um, the better devotionals are usually ones that take a big bit of text if they're going to take a text from the Bible and, and, and go through that. Uh, the only one I personally can recommend is My Rock and My Refuge by Tim Keller, uh, which is really, really good one. Again, I, I don't really go through it, though. I'm not a devotional person personally. Um, but, yeah, so that's all I have to say on devotionals. Theology, okay? Certain words and phrases and messages can be really tricky to understand if you're not used to them. Um, this is shown by many different beliefs and denominations right, that we have. Um, as well as reading the Bible, it's a really good idea to actually read some books or articles about theology. Um, you know, this helps actually strengthen and correct some of your beliefs. 
Uh, obviously, there are many good ones, many bad ones. We have different types of theology, so obviously pick one that's in line with our church, you know. Um, but, like, um, so some places like gotquestions.org is a great place to go to, to check things out. Um, we got some Christian books as well, uh, one by Grudem, which is um, Christian Beliefs, and one um, called Knowing God by, I didn't get the, who's it, Packer? J.R. Packer, yeah. So, so, so just having good theological books. And just, just, you don't have to be a study head. You don't have to be a, you know, I'm, I'm all into theology now. It's just, it's just understanding some basics. Because I, 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 find, I find they're more humbling and rewarding, you know, more so than, or I found devotionals, probably why I'm more committed to theology, is because I, I personally find it more rewarding when you finally learn a fact about God and it's quite humbling and, and about his plan for salvation and stuff. So that's, that's just my two cents on it. Um... Right, so covered a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I hate reading, right? Some of you are not readers, all right? Uh, that's not a problem. That's really not a problem. Um, today, there are so many good video and audio resources, there's not really any excuse to not know or study the Bible uh, any better. And one current favorite at the moment is uh, the Bible Project. Uh, that we have at Light, that we're going through at Lighthouse. Um, uh, I'm going to just shut up for a while, and uh, I'm going to let you guys watch Hello, and welcome to The Bible Project. We make videos and resources that help people see how the Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. We believe the Bible is literary genius and has divine wisdom for our modern world. The Bible Project is a non-profit, crowd-funded creative studio located here in Portland, Oregon. Everything we make, we give away for free, and that's because of your support. If you're new here, here's a quick tour. So first we have the Read Scripture video series. We have a video about every single book of the Bible, exploring its literary design, its main ideas, all to set you up to read these books for yourself. We also do animated short films in every section of the Bible. So we've done the Torah series, we did the Wisdom series, and we'll do a lot more series like those as well. We also make theme videos. This is where we take one idea that's core to the Bible and we show how it is introduced and then develops and leads to Jesus. These are videos like Holiness or The Image of God. We're going to do more this year. We got a series coming out on how to read the Bible. We'll do a whole series on biblical word studies. Mm -hmm. And more. We have more. We have a podcast uh, that comes out regularly. We're starting to make books and print resources. Uh, we also have a team that's starting to get these videos translated into languages all around the world. And we hope these videos are helpful to you. You can actually join The Bible Project. You can go to our website, thebibleproject.com. You can see the project we're working on right now, and you can help us make it by giving a one-time gift or becoming a monthly supporter of the whole thing. Thanks so much for being a part of this. Yeah, thank you guys. So these these guys are really great. Everything they make is for free, which is and it's amazingly high, amazing high quality for something that's free as well. So uh, they're really good. Um, so if you're not a reader, get that. And if you don't like reading your Bible, then find it on audio because actually, if if if, if even if you read Bible, it's good to get that on audio anyway. So it's good to listen to the Bible as well as read it uh, now and again. So right, cool. Now I spoke about a lot. All right, but here's the thing: I'm, don't expect to do everything I've said every day, or don't think that that's what I'm implying in what I'm saying to you today. Okay? Um, there are times for reading, and there are times for study, and there are times for memorization. Um, 
all I've really done today is just give you ideas or tools that you m might want to use to help understand things better. I'm not saying you have to do this because otherwise you're not holy enough when you read your Bible. Uh, it's, ju it's just to help. Um, I, I think the most important thing, though, that out of everything I've said today, is that we just read. Okay? That's the most important thing. If you have the time, then look deeper. Or otherwise set a, day of the, uh, a time in the day or the week to, to only do some study, if that's what you want to do. I, I do advise study because it's good for our souls. You know? um, but uh, those, those who are doing the church uh, Bible reading plan, you'll notice you have little days off in your plan. Um, don't just doss on them. <laughs> don't just say, oh yes, I've got a break. Woohoo! Yeah, no Bible today. Ah, one thing I can scrap off the list. No? Use that time. Go back over what you've read. You know, uh, find something that you didn't understand or find something that really intrigued you and you want to know more about and go into that on your day off instead. Or if you're, if you're behind, use it to catch up, you know. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, the, the, these things are just tools for you to, to, to take hold of those things and just get into it a bit better. And it really does bring it to life. Me, me and Sam have been having just a great time going through, going through the Bible together, actually. And that, that's one thing I haven't actually put on my sermon. If you can, do it with someone. If, you have, if, you're, if you're married, <laughs> you have a partner or whatever, or a friend, just, just you know, say, hey, let's read together. You know, um, you, know you, don't, you don't have to read it out to each other if you don't want. You just read it and then talk about it. But we should read about it. You, you, we, you know, it's, it's helpful to do that. And another thing I didn't put in my... Thing, this, is, this is the thing, me and David find this. We write these sermons and we think, ah, I didn't put that in there. You know, um, another thing is we should talk about this. All right? It should be our communication to each other. Right? It's like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've said before, it's kind of like, you know, if you're really into a good movie, if you like a good movie or you liked a good TV program or, or game or whatever, uh, most often you're talking about it with someone, especially if that someone is also watching it with you or, or, or watching it, you know, at the same time as you. It's, oh, did you catch EastEnders? I'm not a soap person, EastEnders or whatever. You know, it, you know people talk about TV programs and stuff like that. This is important stuff. It's good stuff. And, it's, and, and actually, when we really engage it, it's, it's fun stuff as well. We, we should talk about it with each other. Hey, did you catch Genesis the other day? Yeah, it was great. Uh, and, and you should share stuff with each other as well. I mean, we should share stuff with each other. Like, uh, you know, we can go to each other and say, you know what, I didn't really understand that. Did you get anything out of that? Uh, and, you know, you, might, you might, might find something. Or, you know, or, or you might just be encouraging somebody. Say, hey, did you, did you, how, how, how was your reading the other day? I didn't really get through it. Hey, come on, come on, you know, let's... Let's, let's get you back up, you know, because this is good for us, and it's good for us to talk. I find a lot of people don't talk, you know, especially about the Bible. It's, it's good to do, you know. So, so I, I, I advise that, you know. It's not a checkup to make sure you're actually doing what you're supposed to. It's like, you know, you're sharing in the enjoyment. Um, I think, is it Paul? I can't remember. But so, talking about, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completing my joy now about talking about it with you. You know, and sharing the experience. You know, I had the joy by, by getting into it myself. Now I want to complete that by sharing it. You know, and so we should share it. We should share it with each other. And, uh, and, and, and we should probably pray for boldness to share some of it with our non-Christian friends as well. And so, you know, and, and, and yeah, anyway. So, so that's that. Okay, so don't dos on if, you, if you've got a time off. Uh, but, but dig in, okay? Now, I've squeezed a lot out of quicker than I thought, actually. But I, I've squeezed a lot out of today in a short time. There's probably many more things I can say. There always is. Um, 
If you do have any questions, I'm not going to do a questionnaire now. If you do have questions, feel free to ask me, ask David, um, ask someone who knows, I don't know. Um, uh, and, you know, my aim is going to be try, going to try it this year to make some more resources on, on, on our website to actually help you guys out more if you want to dig in more and stuff like that. But, uh, but here's the thing. The final part is the Bible is actually a really interesting, enjoyable, and even a funny book uh, when you really sink your teeth into it. The reason most of us, pro- or a lot of us, don't get there is because we don't get it. We don't understand it. That's why it's good to understand it, because it actually really is good for us. Um, and our, our, our aim should always to be discover more about it. We should always be discovering more about it so we can be wise with our lives and so we can encounter God. You know, that's so important. You know, we worship him in spirit and truth, right? So, it's, so let's better understand his truth, which is the Bible that he's given to us, Okay. So, the end of Psalm 19, just to finish off, the end of Psalm 19 tells us that the Bible is valuable, enjoyable, a source of protection, and filled with reward for those who stick to it, okay, and stick by it. So, my prayer this year is to let us learn to listen to God. Hopefully, this has been helpful to some of you. Um, but, but yeah, my main prayer is that us stick to God, that us keep going through his word, whether we're going to read through the whole thing in a year or whether we're going to only read through part of it in a year, doesn't matter. Let's just stick to it and see what God is saying to us as individuals and, and more, most importantly, as a church. Uh, so, yeah, so let's, let's pray, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, I just, want to, uh, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just helping me <laughs> get this together in the first place. I, I, I just pray, Lord God, that, that uh, some of these things are actually helpful to people. I, I, that's what my desire is for this today. And, um, and my, my main prayer is I just, I just pray that all of us, myself included, just, just really grasp your word this year. Um, and, and grasp prayer too, but I, I, I actually grasp both of them. They're the main two things I want to see us grasp uh, in this new year, your word and prayer. And I just want to see our communication with you grow to such an extent, you know, that everything else just grows as a result. Um, bless you, Jesus. Yeah, so just, I just pray, help us to seek it, help us to understand it, help us to enjoy it, help us to find life in it. There are so many good things in your word. Your word is there for our protection, it's there for our life. You know, it's, it's, it's there for our enjoyment. It's, it's there to, 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 to change us as people who live in a dark world and to people who are actually light. You know, we can't do this without keeping communication with you, Lord Jesus. So help us learn to listen this year. Help us learn to sink our teeth in. Help us learn to study. Help us learn to memorize. Help us learn just to enjoy and help us learn to grow in you and become one more with each other as we discuss your word and as we join in prayer together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are great. Let your kingdom come. Amen. Amen. Amen.